last week, they announced or they revealed the trailer for Attack on Titan season three. And even though um, even though they don't have a date for it just yet, they say that it's summer of this year. That's exciting. Very exciting. It's nice uh, to see them uh, producing Attack on Titan on a more regular basis. What was it? Was it a four-year gap between season one and oh, two? Something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Yes, it was a way too long of a gap. But yeah, second season was April of 2017. So yeah. um, whenever the summer season hits, um, that's probably when we're going to go ahead and see Attack on Titan season three. Yeah, I'm guessing sometime in July. <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably. But I'm very excited. Did you watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. Um, now, both of us, we have been up to date on the manga, so there's some very familiar faces mm-hmm. in the trailer for the manga readers. Just going to go ahead and let our listeners know that uh, Season 3, there's not a whole lot of Titan-on-Titan Titan action in Season 3. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more political intrigue and things happening mm-hmm. within the wall. It's, not, it's veering away from its origin, where it's a whole lot of um, you know, horror action. And it's going mm-hmm. into and it's it's delving deeper into the political intrigue and political thriller that it always was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was always that that flavor to it, but it's actually delving into what it mm-hmm. what it was. Yep, to begin with. Yep. Well, I'm very excited for season three to come out. Me I can't too. wait to watch it. Uh, even though I already know everything that's going to happen, but still, it's going to be. It's it's great to see it adapted to. Oh anime. yeah. Oh yeah, and as as long as the studio keeps up with the quality that they had for season two, yes, um, season one did drag a bit, but whatever. Uh, season three though, or season yeah. two though, that moved really really quickly. They did a lot in season two. They really did, they really did, and they're they're committing not to fill it with filler, and so they're really sticking to the manga. And that was the cause of that uh, that ridiculous well, gap. I understand is that they were waiting for the manga to be far enough ahead that they could have content to. Uh, mm. To pull in. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think I think that I do think I do remember reading something about that. At the same time, though, we're seeing that with a lot of shows where um, they're not like the One Piece or the Bleach, where you know it's just continuous. They're making fifty episodes a year for the show, right? Um, and because of that, when they get, when they catch up to the manga, mm-hmm. they do a filler arc, and the filler arc is usually a bunch of crap. Usually, um, I mean, Bleach had an entire season of filler. Mm-hmm. Naruto had two years of filler. Of filler, yeah, and the filler was just painful for Naruto. Um, but um, so what they're what they seem to be doing more with these shows mm-hmm. is they do a season and then they let the manga go. You know, right? They'll do like a 12, 13 episode season and then after that, uh, wait a bit and do season two and stuff like that. So there's okay. no filler for it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that happened with Full Metal Alchemist is that it got to a point that it caught up with the manga and then they went on. And be, and instead, instead of creating filler, they decided to finish the story in a completely different way. And so they went back and redid it to follow the manga with Full Metal Alchemist well, Brotherhood. What happened with Full Metal Alchemist is actually the manga was canceled because was of poor sales. Ah. Uh, it was canceled because of poor sales, but the show was doing really, really well. So they kind of got, uh, they kind of just did their own thing with the show. Okay. But then the show became so popular, everyone was wondering where the manga was. And so the manga got brought back. Okay. And Renewed, the author and was the able author to do the story the way, the way wants, she intended. Yes. Um, and everyone saw that and just saw how much better it was than the original Full Metal Alchemist. And so it got a so it got a reboot series. So it Brother. got a reboot series, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. Okay. Um. So all right. Uh. After that tangent, how about the next bit of news that you go that you added? Oh yeah. Um. So I found out that uh, just this last week. 
Um, and a anime from our childhood has actually um, resurfaced and has been released on DVD. The Mighty Orbots. Oh, for crying out loud. Now, when Mighty we, Orbots. When we You're watched old. it, we had about an episode and a half on VHS that we wore out. It was getting worse and worse every time we'd watch it. The, the quality on the video was getting worse and worse every time we watched it. But, mm-hmm. but I watched it over and over again. I can't remember whether you were with me every time I watched it or not. I don't know, but, it but was, I watched it a lot. It, there, we watched it a whole ton, and there was only like an episode of a ha- half of it, but it was... It was, again, one of our early introductions to anime, is that it, there was just an interest to how it was produced, how it was drawn, how it was, how it came together. It was, so this show is about, for those of you who don't know, this show is about a, a unit of six. It takes place in the 23rd century, Uh a time of aliens and robots, (laughs) something like that. Yes, yes. So our main cast, it consists of one human and six robots, five of which um, form a Voltron-like figure called the Mighty the Orbot. Mighty Orbot. Mm-hmm. And so, um, all of these characters are based on various, you know, uh, tropes that have endured to this day, mm-hmm. including the obnoxious little girl who is the bossy mother. She doesn't become one of the uh, Orbots. She's she's the sixth robot who doesn't become one of them. She's, she's one of the like pilots. The, she's like she's the ignition. She's like the ignition switch. Something like, like that. The, the 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 rod comes out of her chest and activates the control console or something. Yeah. So so she's a piece of it, but mm-hmm. the um, so there's two guy. There's a, there's um, Tor, which is the giant, mm-hmm. um, the muscle bound guy. Um, you have Bo and Boo, the girls who become the arms. You, uh, and one is super shy and sweet. The other is like, you know, the firecracker girl or whatever. But apparently so, they're yeah. twins. Yeah, they're twins. Bo and Boo are twins. Uh, Both and then different shades of yellow and orange. And then there's, uh, what, what was the shapeshifter's name? Um, I read it the other day and I can't remember. I don't remember. But, but, one, of, but one of them was a robot that could shapeshift into various other, uh, Items whenever whenever he needed to, he could fill in a void where it was necessary. Um, and then there was Crunch. And there was Crunch, mm-hmm. who was the perpetually hungry uh, garbage compactor of a uh, of a robot. And those two formed the legs. Mm-hmm. And Tor formed the main torso and head. And they're just an assemblable uh, robot. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw uh, media for that, uh, we had I was reading. Um, Bleedman's uh, webcomic, uh, the uh, Powerpuff Girls and Dexter. Um, really? Yes. He, the Mighty Orbots made an appearance as um, as a weapon in a weapons locker belonging to a villain that uh, Invader Zim was cleaning. Huh. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that comic. It's been years since I read it. Yeah, but yeah, they and um, apparently... Uh, I, I haven't read it recently, and apparently they wake up and they have dialogue and things and... The, mm-hmm. So the characters are in the comic, okay. Now, but it's just one of those things that just pulled together. Okay, that Bleedman did. So that was crazy, great. weird. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mighty Orbots on DVD, the complete series, uh, is available on Amazon for about twenty five dollars. Thirteen episodes is what it is. They only made thirteen episodes, and it's a two. That's not unusual for an eighties cartoon. No, uh, yeah, those cartoons were basically you know half hour commercials for the toys. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's what the 80s was. Well, that's what anime is now, too. I it mean, is. like, you get 
you see the anime and then you go out and you buy the you know the girl in the skimpy clothing or a figurine for well, that or well, sure like, so sure but they would design the toys first and then they would make the cartoon based on it in the 80s yeah that's, that's uh, true, i watched huh? a documentary on the making of he-man and how they started with the toys hmm. so so that All was right. this, that was a thing uh, let's go to our next bit of news. Okay, so I found out that um, the Overlord light novels are um, logging off until 2019. Apparently the author needs to take a break and is uh, planning on not publishing a new one until next year. Huh, okay. But uh, they're they're quite a ways into it. They've, um, let's see, how many, how, uh, how many uh, issues do they have? How many volumes? Uh, it mentions it here. Last, uh, volume 13 was the most recent one. And so we can expect volume 14 sometime in 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for you Overlord uh, light novel fans, that's uh, something to expect. Yep, that's something to expect, I guess. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I enjoy uh, light novels from time to time. I mean, I'm, we, I've talked about this before. I've got the light novels for uh, The Devil is a Part-Timer and some light novels for Bacchano. Right. Um, I pretty much only get into the light novels and the manga if the sh One, if we have no idea when the show is going to continue like we did with Attack on Titan back in the day. Oh, right. Um, or uh, two... Um, they're not going to make any more, and I really want to know more of the story. Yes. So for uh, for Overlord, we're in season three this summer. Yeah. So for me, I'm more than willing to just wait for the anime to come out because it's popular enough to where they keep making it. It's true. Um, but the devil is a part timer. They stop making the anime, but the light novels just keep coming. The so. light novels just keep coming. So there's that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and our next bit of news here is. Um, about Sword Art Online, Alternative Gun Gale Online, which yes. is kind of an alternative story that took place during Gun Gale, the Gun Gale Online arc. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so it takes place um, either during the Gun Gale Online... Well, I've been watching the anime, and the anime seems to be taking place either during the Gun Gale Online arc or during the uh, Alfheim arc. So it was taking place shortly after people started waking up from SAO. And the new okay. technology was involved. So I've seen the first three episodes with my daughter, with Jasmine. Um, and the main character of that show is a very tall woman in real life who is sick and tired of being tall and hitting her head on signs. And Japan is not meant... Like, Japan is not, not built for tall, tall people. And so, her, so she's doing everything in her power to keep logging into these different games that auto-generate a character for her. And then, so she buys all these different copies of different games, and eventually she settles on Gun Gale Online because it randomly generated a really cute child-sized avatar for her. Why doesn't she just make her own avatar? Apparently, all of these games randomly generate your avatar, and you can't start over again. It's just, that's your avatar for life. That makes no sense It makes to no me. sense whatsoever, but that was the premise, and that's how she ended up in Gun Gale Online. Okay. Whoever came up with the pres the, 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 um, or the pretense for that has never played a video game. There's no way a game would sell if you weren't able to make... Especially an online game would not sell if you were to not allow them to customize their characters. That makes no sense. Besides, what would Monster Factory do if they just had randomly generated characters? Yes, Monster Factory would go out of business if and 
games wouldn't sell if they took away the ability to customize your character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's too much of an ingrained piece of our culture now. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with, you know, Fallout and, and uh, Elder Scrolls and first-person yeah, RPGs entirely, and now, stuff. It's entirely possible that she's just stupid and didn't know how to customize a character. It's possible. And I then she just kept buying it. new games. It's but, possible, but like... But they, glo they gloss over it, and then she just ends up in Gungale Online as a cute uh, little girl okay. character. Because you can't... Uh, well, you never really see your character. I mean, they did kind of improve the third-person camera for... Uh, uh, for Skyrim and, and for Fallout 4, but before then you would spend time making your character and then never see your character. It's true. So, so it, was all anyways. it was all about what other people mm -hmm. would perceive of you. Okay, but anyways, um, uh, back to that bit of news. Um, sort of online, alternative Gungale online, the novel for it, the light novel for it, has reached a million copies in print, and that is a huge milestone. So hats off to that. That's great. All right. Uh, so, uh, for the next little bits of news... Um, Apparently it's not written by um, the uh, the original uh, Seki Kawahara. It's uh, Keiichi Sigasawa is uh, the uh, author of um, let me, the, the spinoff. Let me pull it up. Keiichi Shigasawa. Okay. Yeah, that's who, that's who the uh, who the writer is. That's just in Japan. That's a million copies in just Japan. So that's really really cool. Okay, well congratulations, uh, Shigasawa-san. Um, that's awesome. Way to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the next bit of news, uh, Sony for the last how many years? I don't know. I've never actually done it. Um. But uh, their PS Now, their online streaming game service, mm -hmm. they have added PS2 games to it. Not a lot of them, but it's a start. And a lot of people who were never able to play the PlayStation 2 games are now going to be able to play them using uh, PlayStation Now. Myself included. I mean, th like I said, there's not a whole lot here yet, but... They're starting today. We've got Ape Escape 2, Dark Cloud 2, Hot Shots Tennis Limbo, Metal Slug 3, uh, Mystery Chronicle, One Way Heroics, uh, Scene Mora X, Siren, and The Last Blade 2. So Now, I've played Limbo on PS4. They made a, an adaptation for it. They but... did, but this is the original uh, Limbo, I believe. Okay. So... Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Those are not... My apologies. Those are not all... PS2 games. Some of those are PS3 games that they've added. Oh, That's just a list of the new games they've added starting today. Starting today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the list says uh, 600 plus titles. <coughs> well, that's 600 plus games that are available on PlayStation Now. They've just added a couple of um, PS2 games. Oh, I Ape see. Escape, I Dark see. Cloud. I see. Hot Shot Tennis, and I believe that may be it. Just those three. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Well, those are the only three that I see listed. But, yeah. Um, that's really, really good news for people who subscribe to that. I don't. It's not really my cup of tea subscribing to that. Mm -hmm. um, I still have all the PS2 games I purchased, and my PS2 is still working. Yeah. So, I don't really have a need to do that. Okay. But for those of us who don't have one, there's an option now. Yep. All right. Uh, for our next bit of news, uh, we have... 
It's the 30th anniversary of Mega Man coming up. And to celebrate, Capcom is re-releasing physical copies of Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X. Wow. Uh-huh. For a hundred dollars a pop. Oh my gosh. Well, they're they're gonna sell. Oh, they're gonna sell. I'm not gonna buy any. I don't have that kind of money, but one in eight boxes will have a special glow in the dark blue cartridge instead of the regular one. Instead of the, and and these will work with your NES and SNES. Oh wow. Man, I remember back in the day when we were called Mega Man X Mega Man Ten. Right, because that made sense. Well, it was a Roman numeral, and so we just thought, oh, Roman numeral 10, okay. And then they came out with X2, and I'm like... 10-2, 10... Why not XI? Because that would mm -hmm. make 11. That would make more sense, right? Yeah. But I guess it was just called X. So yeah, well, we know that now. We but... know it now. Mm -hmm. Well, and then it made more sense because people called him X. They like Mega Man's name in the game was X. X. Like mm -hmm. Zero and X were the two main yeah. characters. Yep. And uh, anyways, that's really, really cool. I, if I had the kind of disposable income that some people have, I would definitely pick some up. So but... support our podcast so we have the disposable income that we can uh, play these games and share our experiences with you. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll go ahead and stream me uh, playing Mega Man 2 and getting brutalized on Twitch. All for our wonderful, wonderful uh, listeners. We don't have a Twitch channel. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Though right. Mega Man X, I think I'm still pretty good at that. I may have to pick up and brush off my copy of it and see how uh, well I do. Uh, but for the last bit of news, before we get into three episodes in, uh, you want to go ahead and cover that? Uh, yes. Um, so uh, I've just found out that um, the Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition is to be released on May 18th, 2018. So in uh, a little less than three weeks time from now. Mm-hmm. And it's available for pre-order right now. Mm-hmm. I have mine pre-ordered. Oh, do I you know? I pre-ordered it a while ago because oh. I got it for the Wii U, but they released a bunch of special characters for the 3DS version that were not available for the Wii U. I believe there was cross-compatibility, though, where if you purchased the game for the 3DS, you would also get those characters for the Wii U. But I decided against it. And so I'm very excited about Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. I mean, I can loan you my Wii U copy because I know you've got the Wii U. You might enjoy playing it. Sure. But um, it's a real fun game. It's loads of fun. I'm very excited to play the new characters that come out with the Switch version. Uh, so, um, interesting news. Um, the Mega Man X Legacy Collection that is um, available for uh, pre-order on July 24th is available for both the Switch and... And the Xbox One. Oh, yeah, and the PS4. On the, uh, and the PS4. So uh, Capcom is uh, releasing Mega Man X um, cross-platform. Yeah. Yeah, Mega Man X. Ugh. Sorry, I, I'm probably not going to buy it. I love Mega Man, but uh, I got too many other games I need to play. There are some games that just I have to pass on, and that's one of them. That's one of them. Anyways, that's it for news, unless there's anything else you want to cover. Well, I didn't, um, yeah, no, that was it. That was everything. Okay. Then let's go ahead and get right to three episodes in. This week, <coughs> we are covering, excuse me, we are covering Magical Girl Ore. I laughed my head off the moment I saw the artwork for this 
mm-hmm. anime. I've been talking about it on this podcast for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And now we finally have three episodes able to available for watching and now you you watch on vrv correct i I watch on VRV. how many episodes are available on vrv um three plus one that the, they have four episodes but the fourth episode is behind a paywall that i okay. have because there's five episodes on crunchyroll okay so i wonder if vrv is just behind well vrv is run so. by crunchyroll and i haven't checked lately so you watched it today so an yeah. episode may have dropped today it's that possible. i don't know about it's possible but no, I watched this on Sunday, and they were all, there were only the four at the time. Okay. All right. Well, um, so this is Magical Girl Ore, and let's go ahead and just jump right into it. So you were saying that uh, you've been very excited about this show. Yes, I, I, I busted a gut laughing, and I, um, I, something I may have mentioned on this podcast before is that my initial concept for this show would be, based on what I saw, is that... Based on the concept art that I saw, what I would have written was that um, a a little girl's older brother is avenging his little sister's death when she was a magical girl and inherits her powers to avenge her. But yeah, you said something death. weird like that, and, and I, was I just thought like, was, mm, I don't think that's what the show's about at all. Not, not even a little so. bit. Not even a little bit. I, that's how what I would have written. Mm-hmm. But what I would have written and what happened are two completely different things. This one. This one got really funny really fast. Holy cow. Okay. First off, it starts off with what's obviously a dream sequence. Yes. Okay. It's pretty painfully obvious that it's a dream sequence. Not not painfully as in like a bad way, but it's just like, okay, this is a dream. Yes. And the main character, Saki, mm-hmm. she is um she is in a magical girl outfit and she um is fighting this monster and this monster is breathing this dark energy at her and anything that it hits it sucks the color away uh, away from yes okay and they say oh well at least it'll be easier to animate that way and right <laughs> off the bat we know that this show <laughs> is not taking itself seriously this show's at not all. taking itself seriously in the slightest well no no i think it's taking itself seriously because comedy to be, be done well still needs to take itself seriously. Mm. But that's the tone that it's going for. Yes. And it's awesome so far. I mean, holy crap. And then their fear of being canceled three minutes in if they didn't put in the little label saying that this is a color show. Uh, because yeah. people, they were afraid that people thought... Would My TV's that, breaking. There must be something wrong with this channel. We'll switch it. And people would just call in and... Uh, they would they'd be afraid of people calling in and getting the show canceled in three minutes, and then the rest of the sh- this time slot would be filled with backgrounds like peaceful background images and stuff, which yes. they then proceed to show us. Yes. Um, yeah, and then uh, so she then pulls out her magical wand and casts a spell that causes almost a mini nuclear reaction on this lizard demon, um, and uh, she then walks away from it because you know cool guys. Uh, don't look at explosions. Yeah. Um, and she collapses from exhaustion because of how powerful this uh, this spell is. Mm-hmm. And then something that had me roaring on the floor in laughter, I had to pause it, was when the camera panned up and you see a shadowy figure with a cloak standing on top of a light post, just like we see in practically every single episode of the first couple seasons of Sailor Moon. Yes. And I wrote down tuxedo mask. 
ha 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 in my notes and um she calls him like peach princess or something like that and she wonders whoever could he be he doesn't even have a mask on no okay he doesn't even have a mask on and she's wondering who this guy is so oh i thought you had gone home no i stayed here or some crazy thing like that and then suddenly he starts saying the same thing over and over and over again in a slightly high-pitched voice as she's carrying as he's carrying her away and then it cuts to her waking up with just that awful awful morning face of waking up to your alarm yep and that's where the show starts that is where the show starts <laughs> and we soon meet Saki's mom who is the best Saki's mom is incredible she uh <clears throat> <coughs> no, excuse me. Saki's mom is incredible. I mean, holy cow. Saki starts chewing her mom out for not waking her up because she's late for something or whatever. Mm -hmm. She was supposed to be up by 8 um, at the latest. And she she is now super late to whatever she needs to go to. And her mom's just like, oh, but you look so cute while you were sleeping there. I couldn't, it would break my heart to have woken you up or something like that. And she's like, well, I've got to go, Mom. I've got to go right now. And Mom's like, oh, but what about breakfast? You really should eat before you go. And she's like, sorry, Mom, I don't have time. And the mom says, well, here, just take this. Go ahead and eat it on your way. And you don't see what the mom hands her. And I'm just like, huh. Okay. You don't see what the mom handed her. Hey, what did she hand her? <laughs> we see that she's running... To wherever she's off to, you think maybe it's school or something like that because yes. she's that age. And it cuts to what she's eating, and it's a cake. <laughs> that's not bread in her mouth. It's like no, that's not bread in her mouth. And usually you have the anime trope of this the the late klutzy person running to school with bread in their mouth, you know, because no, that's all they have time to eat. She's got a cake. Eat. No, she's got a cake. <laughs> a whole cake. And like like a cake with like fruit on the side and stuff like that and she's like eating the fruit and like eating the whipped cream and all that stuff it's like the nicest looking angel's food cake i've ever seen yeah. you know wow and then again they repeat the same joke later on where she's running late to something and she doesn't have time to eat and mom says oh here just go ahead and eat this on on your way and she uh you see that she's got multiple straps on you're just like what is she carrying and then it cuts back and she's making herself a special type of soup. I forget what it's... It's a special type of Japanese meal where it's broth and meat and like... Yeah, but you make it there and then. Yeah. And she's making it on this tray that she's carrying while she's yeah, running. She, she's running with the grill. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this show. Wow. So yeah, like... This show takes the Klutz main character that was made a staple because Serena, or, Serena, or like Usagi, Usagi, Usagi. Usagi sorry, st I keep calling her the, the American name, but... Forgive us, we grew up on the Deke version. Yeah, we grew up on the Deke version, so you know, her, the name Serena is ingrained in my mind. I apologize for offending people, except <laughs> I don't. It's your choice to be offended, not my choice to change. Anyways, Usagi, um, you know, before Usagi, before Sailor Moon, the main character in Magical Girl animes, they were always very prim, very proper, very yes. well-bred, you know? Yeah, they were they were capable <clears throat> of performing all the actions necessary to win by themselves, and they would sometimes have a supporting cast if more than one action needed to be done at a time. Mm -hmm. But they, they were red leader. They mm -hmm. were able to do all the things that they needed mm -hmm. to on their own, and everybody else was just kind of a supporting character mm -hmm. who... 
who didn't who who filled an a minor need mm-hmm. but not a major one whereas sailor moon took that trope and went we're gonna make our main character completely useless and then surround them with useful people mm-hmm. and she eventually grew to be useful as the show progressed but at but first it was a joke as, it was the that, parody that's the par- it's it was a parody sailor moon was a parody that became the norm yes and this takes that norm and makes it pushes it even further into parody levels. So yes. it takes the it takes that parody that the norm that was established by Usagi in yes. Sailor Moon and it pushes it all the way to a completely different level of absurdness. Especially since we learn what her day job is shortly after we see what her sing- what uh, her she's eating. Yes. And what's her day job? Uh, is she, I remember that she's trying to be an idol, but is that actually, she's professionally an idol and she just really, really sucks at it? Yeah. If she has a manager, she's a professional idol. Okay. And she's, one of the characters is her manager and then her partner is her best friend growing up. Um, and and her singing voice. Oh my goodness. Okay. So real fast, the manager, I don't think they ever actually say his name. I never caught it. Right. But, um, Sayuko is the name of her her best friend right who actually sings really really well but saki sings so badly <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 aneurysm inducing bad she is so bad at it and you're wondering why on earth has this girl not dumped saki yet and gone with someone else you kind well, of you learn you, why later you on. You learn but why yeah. later on, but yes, she's she's very patient and caring for her mm-hmm. Saki's feelings. Yep. <clears throat> oh, and as before, but the reason, before but the I reason forget, they're idols. Before I forget, real fast, uh-huh. as Saki's leaving, we get a bit of foreshadowing from the mom, uh, from uh, Sayori, uh-huh. uh, where she says. Ah, by the time I was her age. And then we get kind of this boom feeling from the mom. <laughs> and it, it, it uh, this foreboding, this foreshadowing feeling from the mom. And then it cuts to uh, her eating the par- uh, the, the parfait, the, 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 you know, the cake, whatever the cake, it was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. So there's a bit of foreshadowing there. Um, but no, it, we, we come to find out the reason that Saki wants to be an idol is so that she can be with the guy she likes, who is the older brother of her best friend, uh, who is also in an, a male idol group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mohi, Mohiro is the name of the guy that she likes. Yes, and he is the older brother of uh, Sakio. Yes, and Saki has a huge, huge crush on Mohiro, and she's had a crush on him ever since they were little children. Yep. And uh, Mohiro, he is in the top boy idol band in the in the nation, in the world. Yeah. They've just released their next album, and people are wondering if this will be their seventh album in a row, row to break the top records. Yes. Okay. Um, and that brings us to kind of the, the music of the show. The music, um, obviously Saki sings badly as a joke. That's the point. Yeah. But everybody else has a very nice singing voice. Yeah. Um, and I actually find myself enjoying the music. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to think I would enjoy pop idol music. I'm a bit older uh, than uh, than most uh, pop fans, mm-hmm. uh, though you do have that type who still likes stuff like that. But, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, um, it, it, pop is written for mm-hmm. a uh, an age group. Mm-hmm. So, And we're a little bit past that age group. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed the music. Uh, I think the music, um, what am I trying to say here? It's not, I don't want to say it's its own character because it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's clear but that, more, that is, more than a little work has been put into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very important to it. And I kind of want to see where they go with it. Okay. Um, but after their concert that nobody shows up to, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, nobody like the the two girls have a con- have their concert. Yes. Um, and they have their concert outside of a department store, in a what's was they're hoping is a busy street, but it's it, completely it, empty. It, it suddenly becomes not a busy street. Something like that. Anyways, it drove people away. They go home, and, or like Saki goes home, and she's uh, and her best friend lives closely. So the manager and her best friend, um, they well, walk her home. Walk her home. And as uh, they get home, there's a man. There's kicking... a yak- the yakuza enforcer. Well, I wasn't going to say that right away. Well, he's clearly he's clearly um, talking in a vulgar manner, mm-hmm. and is the kind of person who seems mm-hmm. like a uh, yeah, like a thug. I, I was mean, first I was impressions. Gonna, I was going to lead the audience on for a little bit, though. I was going to say there's a man uh, at her door who is kicking it speaking in a very very rude manner and we see that it pans up a bit and we see some scars across this man we know very clearly that he's a yakuza yes so and um and saki is wondering how what on earth this yakuza is doing at her home she thinks well maybe she's at a a different place yeah and then she very sheepishly goes over um to this yakuza and says "Are, are, are you sure you have the right house and he's like oh do you live here and she's like, yes, great. And he grabs her and drags her inside while her friend and manager are saying, oh, do you need any help? She's like, no, no, I'm fine. Maybe, I think, you know, <laughs> as they go in. And this Yakuza says, call for your mother. <laughs> call for your mother. Which, and she just goes, which reminds me so m- <laughs> Which the line when I heard that reminded me so much of when like the T-1000 wanted... Uh, Sarah to call out oh, for John. Geez. So, so, so that was the flashback I was having at that particular moment. Like, I did what not kind have of, that. Like, what kind of trouble is she in now? I did not have that flashback. No, <laughs> sir. Oh gosh. Call yeah, for no. your mother. Call for your mother. Mom. And she, of course, calls for her right away. And then um, Sayori, the, oh, the mother, walks up and says, uh, uh, "And goes, oh, I'm oh. not." What did she say? I, I think she was. Uh, I don't remember exactly what she says. I thought she said something along the lines of, um, "I'm not in that work anymore." Oh yeah, yeah. She walks up. She's like, "Oh, oh, it's you, Kochan," and uh, <laughs> addresses him familiarly. Yeah, and he's like, "Ah, oh, sa- oh, sa- um, Sayori, we need." Uh, they start talking back and forth, and she's like, "No, no, no, I'm not in that line of work anymore." And for those of you who don't know what the yakuza, and they are the Japanese mafia. Yes. Okay, they're the mob. They're the organized crime. And what do women do for the mob? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mob makes their their money, uh, or like the Yakuza, they make their money in, you know, illegal, underhanded ways. And so, Saki thinks that her mom was once, you know, working for the Yakuza, or making money for the Yakuza. Um, and so she starts thinking about all these things, but she and uh, the, the mom and Kochan, as she says, are... Um, uh, they are uh, chummy, you know. They're talking like old friends, um, and she's like, "Oh no, no! I threw my back out. I can't do that anymore." Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Okay. 
Um, and so, uh, she's like, well, I think it's, I think you're old enough for me to tell you this about my life now, Saki. Up until a little while, up until a little while ago, I was a magical girl. And the daughter just goes, eh. what? What? <laughs> and so they're talking back and forth. He's like, yes, I made a contract with Ko with Kochan here uh, to become a, a magical girl and he's like yeah and she was great she did it all the way up until about a month ago and usually in the magical girl uh, line of work you're an old hag if you're older than 15 <laughs> and she's already 15 yeah and Saki, Saki's already 15 Saki is exactly is 15 um, so so um, he uh says that oh uh but the the problem is without your mother there's no magical girl to protect this area yeah. and, and saki's just like well th like what you do you need someone to fight demons or something like that and, she's, and he's like oh no 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 demons aren't really a problem anymore magical girls these days they fight punks thugs things like that yeah, and then as soon as he says that he gets a phone call with a notification saying that a demon is attacking nearby yeah he's like oh crap there's a demon and so, on his phone, he shows her a picture the of the guy that she likes holding this cute little cuddly thing, which reminded me instantly of Excel Saga. Yes! With the, the cute uh, Galactic Dominators, the Poochus. Yes. Um, and they... And he's like, oh, they, they, no. They, they She's like, but they're so cute. How can they be... What, like, what's so... What's so wrong about them? He's like, oh, well, they take on very manly, muscular forms and start doing horrible, evil things. Next thing you know, there there's a dozen of them, and they've transformed from the cute little Pokemon Care Bear hybrid things that they mm -hmm. are into very beefcakes. very ripped beefcakes, and they're carrying the guy she likes into a dark portal, With, uh, tied up, all just this mm -hmm. mum mummified in rope, mm -hmm. <coughs> and she. Uh, Freaks out and decides to go after him. Um, goes the wrong way first, but then she goes the correct way. And she yeah. gets there, and she's like, oh, how do I save him? How do I save him? And the Yakuza guy shows up. Ko shows up. By the way, uh, we neglected to say this, but it turns out his name is Kokoro. Kokoro, uh -huh. which is Japanese for heart. Like the heart, like the the emotional heart. Uh -huh. um, and he hands her a business card, which they do in, Jap in Japan. Yeah. And his is super cute. With like a cuddly bear sticker on it and all this stuff, it's very very adorable. Which of course, he's he, so ugly. He is so ugly, and he is so convinced that he's adorable, and gets pissed off at you and curses you out if you think that he's not adorable. He's pretty much the best mascot character I've come across in anime. He's um, whoever thought of making a yakuza character into a mascot? My hat goes off to you. That's just absolute comic gold. <clears throat> but anyways, they get there, mm. and he says, well, um, your power comes from your heart, so you have to declare your love for the person that you like as loudly as possible. And she's just like, wait, what? No, no, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 no. And he's getting closer and, and closer to the portal. He's getting closer and closer to the portal. And finally, she, she rescinds, and she decides she's going to do it. And she just calls it out as loudly as she can that she's in love with uh, with this guy. With Let me pull up. Uh, with... Uh, Mihi Mohiro with Mohiro, Mohiro. yeah, um, and she uh, transforms. She unlocks her power as a magical girl, and she transforms into a beefcake boy. 
Yes. Wearing wearing a, a pink dress. Wearing a pink magical girl dress that barely fits. It would have fit her other form. Uh-huh. It's just stretching and uncovered. And she sees what she's turned into, and that's where the first episode ends. Yes. Those monsters. <laughs> leaving the first episode like that of course you have to watch the next episode uh, yes. to see what happens and and i watched that episode while the next one was still locked so i had to wait for yet another episode to come out before i could continue but i was like give me more i don't see it just seemed like weeks before mm-hmm. it could happen again but maybe that's distorted by okay. perception of what was going on but yes anyways <laughs> love this show Anyways, the next episode starts off, and she's like, what the crap? Why am I a man? And the Yakuza co says... Uh, he, he says that um, it's more realistic for magical girls to turn into something that can actually fight. And like, what can fight? He's like, Strong men. He's like, well, you're a, sm- you're a small girl, and we're putting you in dangerous situations, so it makes sense that you transform into a man whose body is more designed for dangerous situations. And she says, how dare you make sense out of this? <laughs> Something like that. And like, but, but why am I wearing this? Because it's cute. That's what magical girls wear. Pick one! <laughs> Pick one! <laughs> Anyways, she goes and she starts fighting these things. And she does some amazing martial arts right off the bat. But these things just keep picking themselves back up. And she's like, well, oh, well I need some kind of a weapon. Do we have, do we have a magical power? Do I have what? magical power? And he's like, here, throw your magical hairpins. And she's like, okay. And... She throws these magical hairpins expecting, like, they're pretty cute hairpins with, like, strawberries on them and stuff. And yeah. she throws them at these creatures, and it bounces off one's head and nothing happens. And she's just like, well, I wonder what's going to happen. Are they magical? Like, uh, is it going to, like, hit them with a, with sparkle, with, uh, with um, blinding light, something like that? And then all of a sudden, kaboom! Just a standard ugly explosion. Just with, an explosion, just with, boom! With the fire and smoke. The way and you'd it expect. cuts back to the Yakuza, to, to Ko, the Yakuza, and he just says, mm, Matt, uh, uh, hairpin grenades, is what he calls them. And she's like, what? Really? Really? Is that really all that we have? That's not very magical, magical girly at all. Don't you have anything else? And he reaches into his jacket and pulls out a handgun and says, well, here's this magical handgun that never runs out of ammunition. And she goes, no, 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 no. And then he hands her a staff. Well, and she's like, don't you have anything anything more magical girly? Anything that I could just use? And he, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, he go. hands her a magical staff with a giant heart on the top and something. It's very, very magical girl. It's got a heart. It's got a gem in the middle. It's, and it's, it's made of and gold. gold. Yeah, the, and the very top it wraps up into a heart. And there's another heart gem inside of it. Yes. And there's wings coming out of the side. It's, and it's glorious. It's and actually, she's like, yes, finally. And she tries to use it and nothing happens. What am I supposed to do with this? You beat him to death with it. And he's just like, it's a, and he's just like, it's a rod. Use your imagination or something like that. <laughs> and then she's just like, huh? But he tells her it's it's just a rod. It doesn't really do anything. And she's expecting it to do something. Yes. And it's, nothing it's, happens. It's the magic wand. It's the magical girl magic wand. Mm-hmm. And it does nothing but she, be- she beats them to a bloody pulp with it. She, like it's a baseball bat. Yeah. And the, she you see it go down a couple of times. And the next thing we see is splatters of blood everywhere she's covered in blood pixel and, censoring yeah it's so bad that they pixel censor the corpses <laughs> and she's just exhausted on the ground after what she just did <laughs> this oh show this show this show is amazing holy cow 
is sitting on top of the pile of corpses like it's nothing. <laughs> like, well done. I knew you were a good choice for a magical girl. <laughs> yeah. And then she cuts the cuts the guy she likes, uh, Mohiro. She cuts him loose. And he's just staring at her. And whether it's out of admiration or fear, you can't really tell. The thing you is, get... he, as a character, he's kind of like... He, he, he exudes the cool... Dis, uh, the cool, unattached persona type. But really, I honestly don't think he knows what's going on around him at any given time. Yeah, no. I think he's just clueless. <laughs> he you know? just accepts... He, he does what he's told and accepts that reality is around him and he'll never understand it. Mm -hmm. And so this doesn't even phase him in, in, just in like, one way. Huh. Anyways, uh, after a very, very awkward departure, um, Saki is confronted by her manager and her best friend because they watched the entire thing. They saw the whole it thing go down. It turns out they followed her after she fled from her house. Because she was follow being followed by the Yakuza. Being followed by the Yakuza. And so they were worried for her, so they went after her. Yes. And they saw the entire thing. The transformation. Now, I, they now, heard her declaration of love. And her manager reminds her that, says that this is great. This is great. We have, uh, like, you can totally use this. You'll be a magical girl. Um... You'll, you'll be a magical girl, uh, idol. We'll make so much money off of this. Oh, and I, I heard you, your confession about uh, Mohiro, but please remember that there's no romance allowed for idols. <laughs> yes. We own you. <laughs> Which is a sad truth about being an idol in Japan. Mm -hmm. But, um... Oh, but no, that's... Okay, so I, I can't remember when it happened, but at what point does the uh, Yakuza change shape in this episode in I this believe. episode because sure he goes from being a full-fledged human shaped person to being a kawaii floating mascot that is a head with a tiny body it's like a cherubim. but it's this it's a cherubim character but his head is still the same level of hideous uh-huh he still has the mole in the center of it, the cross scar on it and he's wearing the shades and he still talks the exact same the entire time i'm adorable I'm adorable, Kura. You know, <laughs> just horrible, horrible things like that. It's just, uh, but we, ha we have got to watch the show with Mary. I let me read a text that I sent Mary as soon as I got through the first part of the show. Uh huh. Stop whatever you are doing and watch the first episode of Magical Girl Orde right now. And her response was, I'm sorry, boss, I have to watch anime right now. He told me to stop what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, she would love this show. There's so many people who would love this show. It's just so funny. Um, I mean, she, she's the one who introduced us to 50% Off. Yes. And so this is what 50% Off is a parody of. This is even funnier, and it's the actual anime. I don't know if I'd put it as funnier as fifty than fifty percent off, but this is real funny. Yes. Um. But anyways, um. Jump cut to um her going back home and waking mm -hmm. up the next day, and she's got to go somewhere. And on her way there, she um. 
this is when she eats the soup and makes the soup on her home as she's running to wherever she needs to go. Yeah. And she hears a voice and she opens up her bag and out pops the Yakuza in his chibi form. Yes. And she freaks out and he's like, what? After all the work I put into making myself more adorable like this? She's like, you are not adorable. I do not want you hanging around me. That's freaky. You're creeping me out. Um, they learn that... Uh... Oh, uh, and there was a shadowy figure that watched the magical girl up here. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty sure we know who the shadowy figure is. It's pretty painfully obvious. But... Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, um, the uh, sorry, I was cleaning my glasses. They said I just got all smudged, sm- smudgy. Okay. Um. So she runs in. Uh, she's running to meet her friend. Um. And as she meets her friends, she sees to her the guy she's in love with. Mm-hmm. Um. She hides, and she sees um. Uh, Hyoe, I think his name is. Is that the partner? That's of... the partner. The partner who uh, knows... Who... Can, yeah, Hyoe uh, is uh, Mohiro's partner. Uh, he's got red curly hair. Uh, he walks out of the apartment... Uh, out of the house too. And uh-huh. they're about to walk off. And he notices... Um, Saki getting upset. And wa- as she watches them go off. And he eggs her on by uh-huh. saying things about there being horrible stalkers in the area. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, after a little bit of a run-in with those characters, um, she gets a notification from Ko again, uh-huh. uh, about, um... About a tentacle demon, or something. Well, they don't later? say it's a tentacle demon. It is the tentacle demon, okay. but they say that it's a, that it's a demon. Uh-huh. And it's attacking Mokiro again, and he's like, seriously, twice? Two days in a row with the same guy. There's something really weird going on here. Yeah. Um, and she's like, what? But he wasn't by himself. Uh, where's Hyoe? And he's like, oh, he probably went to the bathroom. I was like, okay. Anyway, she goes and there's this, there's one of those creatures uh-huh. where, again, the top, this time the top half is the beefcake bear, cuddly bear thing. Yeah. And the bottom half is uh, tentacles. Yeah. And she starts freaking out because this thing attacks her and she's, uh, She's like, well, do you have any weapons? Give me a weapon. And Ko says, oh, I didn't think... And he says it in a way that's, like, cute. Please forgive me because I'm adorable. Uh-huh. But it doesn't work because he's hideous. Yes. Um, he okay. says, I, I didn't, didn't think- bring any weapons today because I didn't think we'd be fighting any demons. And then she gets attacked by this uh, by this tentacle creature. And yeah. is forced into very, very unfortunate poses by this tentacle creature. Yes, a lot of reverse fan service. A lot of reverse fan service in this show. Um, And then her friend shows up to save her. Yeah. And she grabs one of the tentacles, and uh, she starts trying to pull the tentacle off of her and stuff, and then it's... uh, Ko senses magical girl powers from her friend as well. Yes. But but Saki assures her, I can take care of this, please go save yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there she is in beefcake mode. And she doesn't want to see her friend get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he senses the... Uh, and then when she... That's when she gets emotionally attached. And that's when Ko senses that she might have magical girl powers yeah. as well. And then Ko tells her to declare her love. And it turns out that her friend um, is in love with Saki. Yes. Um, and then she turns into a magical girl boy as well. Yes. Um, and they, uh, and that's where the episode ends. No, 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 that's episode, no, episode three keeps going. 
that was only episode two. We haven't started up. Episode three starts. After no, you're the right. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. Episode two ends with the with her friend's transformation. Yes. Then episode three starts with a little bit of a flashback showing the trans well showing the transformation. Yes. And then she goes and she just rips the tentacle creature to pieces. Oh my god! And she then just she just brutalizes like, this and, thing. And she's just like, "So, do you mean that you like me as a friend?" <laughs> <laughs> do you mean that you like me because we're such good friends and she's like no i like you in a sexual manner there's oh, nothing ambiguous about that there's nothing ambiguous about that <laughs> and then, and then he, she looks up at her and goes oh we're going right into the flashback <laughs> oh oh she's going right into a flashback uh-huh yeah <laughs> i love that it's like oh we're going right into a flashback yep no nope, that was pretty great and then it, it cuts back to when they're children it's like when did you first realize that you were in love with with me and when did you first realize i was in love oh before that real fast back in episode two um her friend asks her when did you realize you were in love with my brother yeah and he she says oh it was during this incident back when we were children where he like i got hurt and he carried me home and she says oh that's that's sweet but i'm i'm sorry but i can't cheer for you and then runs off crying uh-huh. Uh huh. And she's like, "Oh, that's weird." And then yeah, and then they get separated. She goes off after her friend, and then mm-hmm. she goes off after the boy, and then her friend comes and tries to save her. Yeah. And the reason we see that she can't cheer for them is because she's in love with Saki. Yeah. So. Um, and that uh, that basically happened in a, a roundabout way in a similar time frame. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. what happened was, and, and during the flashback, we discovered that, um, the older brother is trying to sing and he has a beautiful singing voice and has terrible taste in lyrics mm-hmm. he's just making it up as he goes and his lyrics are terrible and so Saki's in love with his singing voice and actually really likes him uh, but um seeing that Saki likes him the sister has to Sakuyo. Sakuyo has to criticize him and says your lyrics are super weird like oh but she but then she goes off on mm-hmm. her own into the forest and then starts practicing singing and trying to do her own thing and getting better and she's actually got a really beautiful voice and then Saki's like and <coughs> Saki finds her and then asks if she can practice with her and Saki has a terrible singing voice Saki's and, singing voice hasn't improved at all over all that time and that just shows that you know you can love somebody but you can actually hurt somebody with your love if you're not honest with them and trying to help them get better. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Anyways. Because th- th- she does. She loves her so much that she doesn't want to hurt her feelings. But in not hurting her feelings, she doesn't improve in her singing Well, maybe at she all. doesn't realize that she's got a bad singing voice. You know, maybe she just enjoys singing with her. They were children at the time. They were children so, at the yeah. time. But they're practicing. But, mm-hmm. you know, imperfect practice makes imperfection. This is very, very true. Anyways, so. um, they then go off and sing, like, several so, days so pass in the they flashback. They go off, they're, they're in some shrine deep in a forest with a, uh, a a staircase made of wooden logs that get up to it. Mm-hmm. Like they, that's nailed into a dirt path or something along those lines. Their journeys, they're, like, they're singing and stuff, takes them further and further away from home each day. Yeah. Um, and they, and, um, then one Sakuyo day s- steps on a rotten part of the wood, and the wood breaks and And, she falls and she falls over into a ditch into Mm -hmm. a pretty deep chasm saki catches her but saki gets pulled down as well and so the two of them go tumbling and 
Um, Sakio tries. Sakio tries to take the uh, the brunt of the uh, incident to protect Saki, but Saki still manages to hurt her knee and can't walk. Mm-hmm. And that's when the brother finds them and brings them home. Mm-hmm. And so that is rem- so that is a callback to the episode two flashback where we find out when Saki fell in love with the brother. Mm-hmm. And so and we also find out that that's when. Saki's friend fell in love with Saki, her you fell in love with Saki. At the mm-hmm. same time. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the flashback is like... And then um, the flashback ends with mm-hmm. Sakio holding up uh, holding up the card that's being... Uh, that says N, N on it. Or Wadi. Mm-hmm. So, so she was holding up the card just demonstrating the flashback and Saki in magical girl boy form watching the whole thing. And Saki is in tears and, like, snot coming down her face. And Ko's just like, hey, your face is disgusting right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Ko saying it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and then suddenly the the, the creature has reformed during all this and goes to attack them again. And uh, Saki jumps in the way trying to get into the attack. But as as she's about to get into the fight, Sakuyo becomes super fast and super powerful and starts unleashing attacks in a fist of the North Star manner just goes I saw that and I was like I cannot wait for Andrew to see this this is the best day ever oh my gosh and it's just and and just like in Fist of the North Star there's just blood and guts everywhere after an attack like that and she it's just, censored. And again, and again, they show the censored corpse because of how badly Sakuya beat the crap out of it. Out of this demon. It's just pixel censoring mm-hmm. and it's just awful. Uh, anyways, after forming their team, Ko leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the manager shows up again and it turns out he recorded them. Yeah. And he leaked it on, and he put it online oh. because he's creating the magical girl idol group. Idol group, yes. So he, he completely selfish reasons. Oh yeah, completely selfish reasons. But he managed to defuse a situation with uh, in, in so much that now Saki doesn't have to deal with how much in love with her friend uh-huh. her friend is with her. Mm-hmm. Like dangerous levels. Yeah. So. But anyways, they uh, yeah, they um. This show is just this show so... is crazy, but. Um, they end up being invited to TV, and the last episode, uh, episode three, ends with them walking onto a studio set. But they, as two girls, walk into the girls' changing room, and then all of a sudden you see two explosions of light, uh-huh. and they walk out of the girls' dressing room or girls' restroom as uh, the two magical girls. Yes, as, I mean, and everybody's God, scaring at them because they're these two very beefcake muscular guys what were you doing in there dressed in skirts and yes. magical girl outfits that are almost too small for them <laughs> so well they are too small for them they should they they're, should they're, be they're way apart. too small but they're not so too small they're way too small but they're not so small that it's ripping apart anyways yes. that's the end of the third episode of magical girl or day i cannot wait to see where this show goes um, as long as they keep the comedy level where it is, um, well, I kind of hope they keep raising the stakes, especially with the comedy. I hope that they yeah. keep doing other things. Um, it's hysterical. Oh my gosh, the show's so good. 
Especially if you have a grounding in uh, Magical Girl anime. Because mm-hmm. the, the references they pull are, mm-hmm. just, are just wonderful. Yeah, is there anything else that we wanted to... Uh... Oh no. yeah, there's several other things that I that I wanted to, uh, a couple of things that I wanted to uh, to uh, note. Uh-huh. Um, as she's walking on her way to go pick up her friend, she, I forget what she gets frustrated at exactly, but she gets upset and starts slamming her head into a telephone into pole. a telephone pole, yeah. and that telephone pole starts bouncing back and forth, uh-huh. and that just reminded me of Seth. Steph from, Steph from uh, no, no Game, Game No Life, yeah. where whenever she got embarrassed by something, she would hit something and hit it so hard. Usually it was like it, a it, stone floor it, or it, a stone it, wall. It would spiderweb crack. It would spiderweb crack, and you would just see blood coming down her head, and you saw the exact same thing yep. uh, with Saki's face. And it was like, oh man, that made me remind that reminded me of No Game, No Life, and how there's no season two of No Game, No Life. Sad. Yeah. Oh well, anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. That made me, that made me happy. So... Yeah, I want to watch more. I definitely want to watch more. And so, it's a good show. Anything else you want to say before we move on? Um, no, that's it's fantastic. What are we watching next week? Uh, there's a show that I discovered today, uh, or recently called Megalo Box. Yes, uh, I've seen that. It basically looks like boxers wearing um kind of uh robotic enhancements mm-hmm. while they're boxing I, i've seen like i've seen ads for it but i haven't i don't know much about it um well pretty much the main character is um junk dog jd okay okay and he is a fighter who rigs all his fights so he loses okay and he makes his money by you know betting against betting himself against himself mm. And all that changes, apparently, when he has his fight against the reigning champion, Yuri. So, and that happens in the first episode. Okay. So I read that and I was just like, hmm, this could be interesting. I mean, it's not a comedy. I was kind of looking for a comedy because I enjoy watching and talking about comedies a lot more than I enjoy talking about the other things. Right. But um, that seemed interesting enough for me to want to go ahead and give it a try. And I came across a couple other shows that I would like to go ahead and add at a future date. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's that's what we're going to be watching next week. All right, so tune in next week for uh, Mega Lowbox. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, next segment is uh, Recommendation of the Week, and this week it's your turn. This week it's my turn. And I did talk about this before, I believe, during our um, our testing phase and stuff like that, but sure. I never really talked about it during our real one. And honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and, even if it's a repeat, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it because I'm still playing it. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Okay. Uh, just last week they came out with with their first raid ever in a Monster Hunter game. Um, and uh, they also keep releasing just incredible skins and armors and new monsters for you to hunt. I believe they've got four or five more monsters planned for this year alone. Okay. Just as free updates that they're sending out. Um, and there's paid uh, things as well that you can buy. Like I bought a Chun-Li costume for, not for my character, but for someone else in the game. Mm. Um, and my little Palico, um, in Monster Hunter, you have little cat companions that help you out. Um, and there was a quest chain where I, um, was able to forge some Mega Man armor for my cat. And so he looks like an 8-bit Mega Man in a 3D world. And he's very, very terrifying to look at. Okay. But, um... 
yeah, so Monster Hunter World, they just keep adding new things to it. They keep tweaking it, balancing it. It's a fantastic game. Um, anybody who hasn't played it yet, it, I don't think the PC version's out yet, but it's still out for Xbox One and PS4. I've got it for the PS4. Um, yeah, if you haven't gotten it yet, get it. It's just a blast. Okay. okay. So that's my recommendation of the week. All right. Next is our creator shout out. Well, this week it's my turn. And this week I'm shouting out to uh, Siegels. Siegels is a uh, fan artist who I've been following on Facebook for quite some time now. And um, she does uh, fan artwork for uh, most, most of it has been um, Miraculous Ladybug. Which is a uh, an, a 3D animated uh, series that uh, my youngest Wendy watches religiously when she has the chance. Um, it's an adorable little superhero movie that was uh, originally animated in France and has been since translated into English. But you can kind of tell that uh, the lip sync isn't quite right. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, it's adorable. Um, and it has these funny little uh, moments because. Um, the main character. Okay, so the main character is a girl mm -hmm. who's in love with a guy, who. But she doesn't know that he turns into her sidekick, kind of character. Okay. Uh, so he he transforms into what's called cat noir. So he turns into a black cat, and she turns into a ladybug. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh -huh. the black cat's in love with ladybug. Yeah, yeah. And it's a French comic. Yeah, yeah, it's a French comic. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and and she doesn't and she's not keen on him but they're keen they don't know that they're keen on each other because they mm -hmm. don't know who they, each other's secret identities are mm -hmm. and so much of uh Siegel's, uh content is um fan art of this show okay and recently in preparation for either release of season two or season three, in preparation for it, they've picked up some of her artwork for their official merchandise. That's great. Uh, she's also done some uh, some uh, fan art for free, the uh, mm -hmm. the uh, swimming anime that fifty percent off is a parody of. Um, I think I sent a picture of it to you once, where uh, basically uh, Ko was in a bikini, but everybody else was in a suit was in a suit and tie and had uh, handguns, and it was very gangster looking. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I sent that to you some time ago. Possibly, I and don't I, remember. And I just remember. Uh, I know I sent it to uh, to Mary because uh, <laughs> uh, because it was Nagisa with a gun. I shoot them, and then. <laughs> yes, but no. So that's my creator shout out. Okay. Um, she has a uh, a Tumblr and uh, Facebook. Uh, so just look up uh, Siegels C E E J L E S. Okay. So look her up, follow her, tell her we sent you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Fantastic. I really liked how our short. Uh, I really like how our show turned out today. Me too. I think it was good. I think this was a good episode. Um, if there's any shows that you guys would like us to go ahead and cover on a future three episodes in, go ahead and let us know. You can contact us on Twitter, um, or. Uh, I guess on our site. I don't know how that's going to work yet. The site's not up just yet. Uh, we're going to so. start loading these up onto Patreon. So uh, you can actually comment on this video, uh, on this audio, on Patreon. 
and uh, let us know if there's any shows you want us to review, anything we want to see us do. Um, and uh, we'll catch you next week. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you.